Did you learn what fiat currency was when you were growing up? Most people today still don't know what fiat is, and they've no idea that the old school financial world is already dead. We're just waiting for it to give off its death rattle. Today, we welcome Christopher Green of the popular YouTube channel AMTV to the show to discuss the major changes that are taking place in the world financial systems and how blockchain and crypto play a key role in bringing stability. We're not conspiracy theorists, but we could swear we saw Elvis walking the streets of Las Vegas. Welcome to episode number 203 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Freshly back from World Crypticon at the Aria Hotel in glamorous Las Vegas, it's the Bad Crypto Podcast. I'm Joel Kahn, otherwise known as Willy Wonka, and he's Travis Wright, otherwise known as Doc Brown. Mm, or otherwise known as Travis Wright, because that's, yeah. that's my name. It is your name. But you did a, a wonderful Doc Brown at the Cryptoween party. Ah, thank you, sir. I had to compile that from several different sources. You had a pretty epic Willy Wonka. Looks like that was a nice one. Like it came all packaged nicely, except for the cane. Did, did the hat? Did the um, hat come with it also? Oh no, no. I I put that together. The only thing that was, you know, those were my pants and my shoes, and it was the coat and the vest came together. Then I bought the hat separately, and I bought the wig separately, and I bought the cane separately. Okay, very nice. It was quite an ensemble, and of course, uh, Aaron Sell, our producer, was my Oompa Loompa companion, and if you guys want to see pictures of that, then just go to, uh, I've got them on my profile, Travis has them on his Facebook profile, and I guess we could shoot up some pictures to uh, the Bad Crypto Mastermind. We probably could. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. And if you notice anything in this interview here, um, <laughs> it's like two or three, four or five days in Vegas, you know, and in all these loud events. And, you know, it's smoky in Vegas and lots of alcohol in Vegas, lots of loud environments in Vegas where you have to, like, scream to talk so people can actually hear you over everything, especially those parties. Like, normally by day three, day four of of Vegas, my voice gets pretty torched. And uh, so we had this interview with Christopher and Joel's like, get down here. We have this interview. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't think I'm coming down. Now for a while, I'm jumping jump in the shower. We're gonna have a steam shower. My voice is pretty torched. He's like, "Well, they're waiting. They have lots of down. They have lots of YouTube subscribers. Get down here." I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna get down here, and uh, you're gonna see." The- <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, okay, Mister Joel Crom. Tra- yeah. Travis is like. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty epic. So but we got managed to get the questions out. And really, the key is that Christopher brings some uh, really great information and passion to the subject. And uh, we think you're going to like it. But before we go to the interview, let's talk about our sponsor for this episode, Ember Fund. Ember why, don't you, Fund. why don't you talk about it? Since I do most of the talking in the interview, you can yeah. you can get talk here. OK, I'll do it like I was there. Uh, ember fund is an ios app that allows users from around the world to buy a diversified portfolio of cryptocurrencies in just a few taps so what's really cool about it is like if you want to buy maybe maybe you're going to upload you know you're going to deposit 100 bucks and you say i want 
55% of that to go into Bitcoin. I want 30% of that to go into Ethereum and the remaining percent to go into Litecoin or whatever. Boom, it does that automatically for you. Pretty handy. So they built this tech that allows users to retain control of their assets on the blockchain through their device uh, by programmatically creating and funding the, those necessary wallets. And uh, it's non-custodial. So they don't actually hold your private keys or any of your sensitive data. It does have this really nice on-device encryption that allows you to access your funds through, you know, maybe your touch ID or your face ID, um, only you to do that. So it's pretty nice. So you can download that today. That is emberfund.io forward slash bad. Yeah. And since we mentioned them last time, they've added some coins to uh, the portfolios. They've added basic attention token. They've added engine coin and they've added dent. Uh, there might be some others as well, but those are the ones that come to mind. I remember seeing in their their news. So emberfund.io forward slash bad. And now let's get to the interview where you could almost hear Mr. Travis Wright. Joel Collum and Travis Wright from the Bad Crypto Podcast here at World Crypticon in Lost Wages, Nevada, the Aria Hotel. Incredible event taking place here at the Aria. And we are with the one, the only self-proclaimed firebrand of the media world, Christopher Green, the founder of Alternative Media Television and Bitcoin Rich. I'm going to shake my, with, yeah, with yeah, my yeah. left Thanks hand. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate one. it. Nice to meet you. And- See you at the poker tournament the other day. We're having a lot of fun. And yeah, self-proclaimed firebrand. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Right? You might as well be bold in life. Last thing I want to do is blend in. Why, why not self-proclaimed Bitcoin guru? Bitcoin guru, because I, I don't think anyone quite knows everything about Bitcoin, right? We're constantly learning. Uh, I'm a big believer in education. So BitcoinRich.com is an educational platform, right? Because the most, probably the biggest misconception is people just don't understand what this stuff is. Um, I'm sure you guys can attest to this, but people constantly tell me it's a scam. It's a scam. Everything's going to go to zero. Why, why would I invest in Bitcoin? I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, look, this is a technology that's building the backbone of the internet. Okay, the current internet is built on a foundation of sand, in my view. Uh, it's easy to penetrate. It's easy to hack. There's all these kinds of problems. And blockchain, the undercurrent technology, really solves those problems. Now, I'm a media guy. I've been doing this for 11 years. so We couldn't tell. There, there's, there was no clue that he's done radio or broadcasting before. Yeah. Well, I mean, literally, I, I was doing this out of my basement. Yeah. Right? Your voice is perfect. I well, think thanks, his voice thanks. is better than hey, mine. And I like your socks, by the way. Those Thank are you. Really They're cool. Bitcoin socks. Yeah. Those are awesome. So Bitcoin's the future of money. Right. I think it's very interesting from an investment perspective, but it's not just about money. Right. It's not a get rich quick scheme. This is, and, and I think you get that. For example, like at the poker tournament, uh, speaking with Charlie Lee, Brock Pierce, all these influencers, some of them are worth billions of dollars. Do they care about money? No, none of them do. If they did, half of them would probably be retired. Uh, Charlie Shrimp said, Oh, yeah, I think I'm ready for retirement. It's the 10 year anniversary of Bitcoin. The point is we're doing something bigger, okay? And what I really care about is media, free press, anti-censorship, also monetization. I mean, how long have we been locked out of the ability to monetize content that's in demand, right? Today, we've got centralized servers, centralized silos, monopolies that basically dictate what can be said or what can't be said. So that's what blockchain is doing. I mean, that's really my primary interest. In addition to that, 
Brock Pierce is probably right. We're looking at a quadrillion market maybe in the future. Mm-hmm. People laughed before. We're sitting on, what, $200 billion in the aggregate crypto market today. So it is a game-changing thing. There are possibilities that I can't even fathom. One of the areas I really like, and we're just touching the surface, is fractionalized, uh, fractionalized ownership. Okay, if you look at real estate, for example, uh, blockchain is going to do this. It's doing this right now. There's companies being formed doing this, even within my own community at Bitcoin Ridge. I can say, hey, I want to buy this much real estate in Las Vegas, Nevada, at this price, in this zip code, commercial. And this is the yield I'm looking for on my investment. Buy. That easy. So you're bringing liquidity to a market, all kinds of markets and industries that we've never had before in human history. And I agree with Tim Draper and others. I mean, we're talking about a transformational shift in humanity. I don't even know where we're going. Like, you know, the, the cloud has been lifted. The veil has been lifted. And people need to understand this. We're kind of beyond the point of no return, where it's taking a life of its own. And uh, it's going amazing places. Travis yeah. is already next generation. This is the Trav by 3000 right true. here. That's true. I want to touch base on... Well, you talked about about censorship, you know, mm-hmm. and, and these tech oligarchies that essentially can block and ban anyone, right? It's bullshit. Yeah, like they don't like what you have to say. It's it's like they're acting like publisher platforms where they determine what content is right. Mm-hmm. So, how do we fix that? The media is the most powerful entity on earth, more power uh, powerful than government, right? Malcolm X said those words, or I'm paraphrasing a bit. That is the truth. Media is about controlling the minds of people to keep them in line. Okay, so yeah, I mean, that's how the world works. I view mainstream media as the state, frankly. That's a statist message. It is propaganda. The paradigm isn't real. It's fake. Now, I appreciate a little bit more like Fox News personally, but it's still really not any different from CNN in my view. And so they've had a stranglehold on this information for far too long. And it's why they're scared of it. Look, we're a threat. Blockchain technology is a threat to the establishment model and system. But even without, without blockchain, I mean, you look at what just happened with Gab, okay? I, I have an account on Gab. I don't really use it. I'm all for free speech. Be able to say whatever you want. But they, the, the hosting provider shut down Gab um, because the 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 person who did the horrible synagogue shooting had used Gab to post something. But that person also used Facebook and Twitter to post those horrible things. Why aren't they shut down? Well, sure. Yeah, it's a double standard, and it's very politically motivated, obviously. But again, that's what blockchain is going to solve, because the hosting provider, centralized, right? PayPal centralized. Right. They lost their PayPal account as well. Right. And, and that was the uh, earlier concept of Elon Musk and the PayPal mafia founders, Peter Thiel and others who I see bouncing around Hawaii quite frequently. I've got some family out there. That was their intention. They were kind of like on the cusp of trying to do cryptocurrency in a way. They're like, how do we make money digital? How can it be? Tra- it, money's a transference of value, right? Like, how do you make money? You provide a solution to somebody's problem. If you want to make a million dollars, solve a million people's problems. If you want to make a billion dollars, solve a billion people's problems. So, you know, we've got this uh, whole concept of what is money, which, by the way, most people don't even understand what it is. They don't understand what fungibility is. They don't understand 
uh, where dollars come from, right? These, you know, fiat lit- currency. It's, I heard that term. Yeah, it's uh, it's all fake. It's all a scam. It's a belief system built on a foundation of sand. And all we have to do is go back to 2008 and 09. Dude, I worked for Merrill Lynch. Okay, I was a retail banker in 08 and 09. What a jerk. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Why do you think I had to go over, you know, you know, start doing videos? Douchebaggery. Pretty much. Pissed off. I saw from the inside. Pissed me off. Right? What did the banks do? Uh, they bailed themselves out. So let me get this straight. They blow the biggest bubble in the history of the world make tons of money off it, then they collapse it through an engineered collapse. On top of it, they bail themselves out with trillions more dollars. Okay, screw everybody else. Right, the millions of people that got hurt. Yeah. Then they foreclose on everybody, like the Great Depression, like taking people's farms. Then they sell it for a profit on top of it. See, I get how it works. And not one person was arrested. Not one indictment. No, uh, you know, Bernie Madoff is the scapegoat. Right, dude, that guy is uh, a bad person, obviously, but uh, you know, allegedly. But I mean, that's like bottom of the barrel. So look at it today. The big banks control; uh, they're in more power now. There's more wealth aggregated at the top among just a handful of institutions than there was prior to '08 and '09. What we have is just a system of shenanigans, basically. Zero percent interest rates, arguably, still today. We've had bailouts after bailouts, quantitative easing, operation twist, yada, yada, yada. What this is is a death by a thousand cuts, because I will guarantee this. The elites know this system has already collapsed. It is absolutely finished. What do you think blockchain is about? So they're trying to manage the ship without a Great Depression. I think they're going to fail again. I think things get horribly worse. And it's one of the reasons I'm interested in blockchain. I'm interested in crypto, uh, Bitcoin specifically, and other coins as a store of value because it is something outside of the system. Think about this. We're traveling around the world. I'm speaking in Singapore uh, in a couple of weeks. You can't just bring money into a foreign country without it potentially being confiscated, somebody taking it. Uh, somebody interrogating you, asking you questions. You can't bring gold with you. I like gold. I also own gold. I'm an advocate of it. It's real, right? It's been around for thousands and thousands of years. It's even biblical. I can't just bring that on the plane with me, right? They're going to take it. They're going to confiscate it. There's limits to it. With Bitcoin, I've got my private keys, bro. Right. But what happens if you're carrying that Bitcoin on your phone? Are you technically bringing that in can they force you to give up your keys they could i mean look the state is very very dangerous global governments are the most dangerous entities out there uh that's why i'm a free market unapologetic capitalist uh self-proclaimed disruptor you know as as you mentioned because i believe in free market i believe in failure uh i get a lot of people who christopher why do you talk about all these icos you're interested in Because they're innovating, right? Most of them will fail. That's awesome. A few of them will be the biggest companies on planet Earth in the next five to 10 years. I actually really believe we'll get the first world's trillionaire as a result of blockchain tech. I think in the room that we were in yesterday, I mean, that's the future of the economy right there. I think this room right here. Well, hopefully, hopefully. You're all going to be quadrillionaires. All of you. Wow. That'd be cool. So what would you do with a quadrillion dollars if you had that? Like, You know what? You're just going to, if you're an altruistic person, you're going to help make the world better. If you're a greedy person, you're going to try to make 
Five quadrillion. Do you know? Right? So I'm on the board of uh, waterislife.com, one of the biggest uh, uh, water humanitarian efforts. And, and we've run the numbers. And based on the technology we have now, we know that with a billion dollars, we could solve the world water crisis once and for all. That's it. Yeah. Crisis solved. We're not just talking about let's put a Band-Aid on something. We're talking about solving a problem. There's people out there that could do this in one day and over the period of a year have enough uh, devices installed around the world to manage it. So what would you do with a quarter, you know, with a quadrillion yeah. dollars, even billions of dollars? You start thinking differently. I like think about it when money isn't an object, right? You think about the world differently, right? Most of the, I kind of joke, it's like the crypto glitterati or something, but it's like, they're not here for their own personal wealth or to drive a bunch of Lambos around. Like, I'm sure some of the guys have those things. That doesn't really matter. You start thinking about like, how could you solve problems, right? 3 billion plus people around the world don't have access to capital. Don't have a freaking bank account. Okay. They're at a serious disadvantage from people like But a, but a like bunch us. of them have a phone. But they've got a phone. Aha. Right. Uh -huh. And we've got the blockchain. And we've got monetary sovereignty for the first time in world history. And it's portable, usable, more efficient cut costs. I, I see in my mind, you know, monolithic institutions crumbling to the ground overnight unless they get involved, which they're doing. So that, that's what people also need to know. I mean, I've spoken with hedge fund managers uh, recently out in LA and they're telling me there's more institutional flow coming into the market than they've ever seen. We see the announcement of Circle and Goldman Sachs and Coinbase with these stable coins. I mean, dude, this is the direction they're going with this stuff. Isn't that the irony though? We're trying to get away from centralization and these big banks and now we're looking to them to lead the way exactly so there there's some danger there we need to understand that mcafee john mcafee others talk about this so like this was a break the rules libertarian advancement and technology right like narco capitalist revolutionary type stuff right and i view myself more of like a libertarian free market type person i don't even know if i quantify myself in a basket like what even is that paradigm i don't know but uh, yeah, it's just, it's changing everything. We have an opportunity, and this is why I'm involved too. I want to try. I might fail and be unsuccessful, but I actually want a voice in how this turns out. So whatever financial capital I might accumulate or whatever influence we have, you guys have with your show, I want to educate and I want to influence the outcome. Then let's solve some freaking problems Right. I think it's amazing what Brock Pierce and these guys are doing out in Puerto Rico, for example, and uh, hope to help them with some of that uh, on camera. But like, look, they're actually trying to rebuild things. They're thinking differently outside of the box. I mean, that's Apple's yeah, tagline, their slogan. So, yeah, there is some danger. There's this war between the old model, traditional finance, where I came from, that archaic thing and this new model of a cast of crazy characters. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, everyone seems so eccentric, probably including myself. We have all these interesting, amazing minds, talented individuals. Some are outspoken. Some are quiet. Um, it's a cool group of people. And I really just feel that we're building something awesome that's never been done. It's the new Silicon Valley it's the opportunity of a lifetime. And another thing that I fear too, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but this is how I see it. We're going to see a much larger wealth gap, which is hard to believe because the gap is massive already. But I mean, it's going to get a lot 
lot worse. And don't you think that uh, it's also a rising tide that everybody is going to have, you know, uh, we we can pull people out of poverty with crypto, right? We can, with the access that they have, I think that uh, although the gap is going to get larger, the minimum is going to go up. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think if you're not involved in crypto, you're going to go this way. So you really need to start participating in the new tech to advance in this world. And uh, no, it's it's horrible. Like what, you know, less than 1% of the population controls all the wealth. That's a problem. And by the way, governments will collapse. There will be riots in the streets and great instability. And the tech guys know it. Like read Peter Thiel's book, Zero to One. It's phenomenal. Actually changed uh, my view of a lot of different things. Helped me with my business. He's a brilliant guy. In the book, he goes over all these different scenarios and outcomes. There's like four of them, if I remember correctly. One of them's total collapse. Like, you know, look at the tech boom. Uh, Everybody was excited. Everyone's becoming a dot-com billionaire, millionaire, or whatever it is on paper. There's no product. There's no real value backing any of this stuff up. And then the bottom falls out around 2001. So that's a possibility, too. Like, I don't know what's going to happen next. I just know long-term, this is where it's at, blockchain. So you talk about the future of finance and, you know, you, you talk about these haves and have-nots, right? Let's let's go ahead and elaborate on that a little bit. Governments have to control populations. They've got to keep them happy, right? I mean, again, media, television, radio, this is changing because there's guys like us out there disrupting the game, but even here in the Western world, yeah, we have mental slaves. Absolutely. We have the masses. People, and was it was it Marx that said media is the opiate of the masses, or was that religion? It was one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, people do things and they don't even know why they're doing things, like why they're beha- behaving the way they are. I think college for most people, for example, is an absolute waste of time. Like I look back on it. I went to private school and public school, graduated top of my class, yada yada yada. I actually think it hurt me. I think I'd be more successful if I didn't go to college. I would have had an extra like eight years to, I don't know, form companies, come up with ideas, fail repeatedly, which I've done a lot of in life and like learn from my mistakes and actually build something. So, I mean, like, why do people even go to college? Like, I don't even understand. You're supposed to. Unless you're going to Harvard. Okay. Or Yale. Yeah, you're becoming a doctor or a lawyer. And it's specialized, yeah. and it's more relationships, mm-hmm. too. I, I agree. I look at my university experience. I went to University of Illinois in Champaign and partied my way through college. And I think if you are going to go to college now, you know, advice for parents, do community college for the first two years. Don't pay these exorbitant fees to go to school because you're gonna, just going to get a standard liberal arts education those first two years anyway. And I understand kids want to get out of the house, but do a couple of years at a community college, work part time, start to experience what it means to be an adult. And then you get through those two years, you go, I, I really want to do this major, then consider perhaps going off to a university. Yeah. Why is college so expensive? Well, I'll tell you what, it's because of the securitization model that backs the debt, just like everything. I want to buy a car. I mean, an F-250 costs like a hundred grand. Why? Well, it's inflation right? The dollar's worthless, but we just give them out as business cards. It's kind of a joke, a running joke. But the securitization of financial assets is what's making people poor, by the way. 
So it's how the system is built. You can't even default on student loans. They don't even allow you to. It's the biggest racket I've ever seen. Um, you'd be better off, honestly, just reading books. Seriously. And I mean, all the it, world's information could even be in this room with all the books behind us. There's a lot of books here. Isn't it true that uh, most Americans, because they've been so conditioned to um, the system, if their salary, if their check were to stop, that they're a month away from being out in the street, right? They don't, they, yeah. there's so much debt because the well, banks have enslaved them to, yeah. to, to debt. Sure. Yeah, we buy into it. I'm guilty of it too. You know, we're just kind of, we think this is what you're supposed to do, but it's a truism. I mean, uh, f- I don't think financial wealth makes you happy. What, how I view it, it's a tool, right? So the blockchain community, and especially these key individuals and influencers, they have a tool that they didn't have before. Like, think about how brilliant Satoshi Nakamoto is, right? The people that started with these core values, a lot of libertarians and freedom fighters and this kind of thing. They're rich now. They've got serious capital flow. It's not an idea. We're not on the fringes anymore going, well, you know, I wish I could do this in the world. No, that problem of water can be solved by anyone in that, a good portion of people in that room. That's never happened before. So, you know, Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever, whatever that was, was brilliant. Uh, I just read earlier this morning, there was an article, some gentleman, I think his name was Jeffrey something. I shared it with Chad uh, and our crew. He just made a purchase outside of Reno, Nevada of like $178 million worth of land. He's a crypto millionaire and uh, he's going to build a smart city on the blockchain using smart contracts. Uh, He's retrofitting it right now. There was an article on him. I'm going to try to interview him actually. Uh, like even on our way out back to Arizona. I mean, those are the type of things being built. And it was kind of cool. He was like, yeah, the, either blockchain is the biggest thing the world has ever seen or it's going to be the biggest bust the world has ever seen. And both scenarios could be right. Like even if uh, cryptocurrencies crash 99% on the way down, they all go to zero. We still have the underlying tech and that's revolutionary. So who, who even cares? Maybe that will happen. Maybe it will all go bust. Everyone will lose a ton of money again. Okay. We're still only if they regulate it to death, right? Otherwise, there's no sign of, of that happening. Yeah. And, you know, we see regulation. I don't really like regulation, but I think it's a good thing. Like the argument that the SEC and these bodies are making, like, we're here to protect consumers. You know, we, we, you know we're here to protect you. Actually, you're not protecting consumers by not regulating. Right. You've got to bring in some regulation to protect from the scams. So they're actually guilty as charged right now. Um, I know they're working on it and I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt. Bring some regulation in. That's great. Build people's confidence. I like what Coinbase and some of these other exchanges are doing. Look at Binance, how that took off overnight. Right. Like a freaking rocket ship. One of the things I like about them and uh, I don't have any relationship with them or anything, but, you know, ethics. I actually see ethics with them and how and how they make their decisions and these kinds of things. So I think that stands out too at the end of the day. You know, let's face facts. There's a lot of hucksters and bullshit in this world. Anytime there's money, people smell blood, they're going to move in. Um, and don't judge a book by its cover. I never do, you know, right? Like uh, some of these people that you don't think are the influencers have more power in this community. Look at Satoshi. <laughs> no one knows who it is. Some people argue it could be an intelligence asset, could have been DARPA, could have been too, by the way. You know, I don't even care if it is. 
It's like Pythagorean theorem. I don't even know, need to know who came up with it. I know it works. Well, it's a technology. It, it, it empowers the people. Now the people have a voice. Mr. Travis Wright doesn't have a voice. No, he yeah, lost three it. days in Vegas, <laughs> four days in Vegas. A little cigarette smoke, you know, breathing, and you breathing. know, and yeah, yeah we got to get you some tea and honey. I do. I need that. <laughs> the big thing now, I think, is we're in the building phase, right? Let's build good products, build good technology. I'm glad that we're not sitting at 20,000 Bitcoin we're, when there's all the fanfare and everybody's so interested, thinking they're going to get rich. In fact, let them think they're going to get poor. Uh, one of the uh, things that I've noticed in life, and there's been two things that have stuck out in my short years, I'm 37 years old, my limited experience, uh, anytime I get the most resistance to an idea or there is the most resistance to an idea, the herd is always wrong. Always. I mean, I heard this every single day with the advent of the internet and social media. I was an idiot to be on YouTube. Dumb, laughing stock. It just, this is ridiculous. I don't understand algorithms. We even, I sold the Google IPO at Merrill Lynch at a Dutch auction. No one would buy it. Not a single freaking person. Doors slammed into my face repeatedly. You know, and everyone was wrong. The herd is always wrong. The second time, and look how far we've come in 10 years. Now, social media is the entire economy. If you're not on social media, you can't make money. Well, and this is reflected in the political world too, right? All the pundits, all everybody said, here's how the election was going to go. And then shocked and stunned and surprised that they were wrong. And the media is now driving that herd mentality. And, and, and I think that they're going to, you know, if you look at what happened with Bitcoin, why did the price go up so much, you know, early January, everybody in the media was talking about it. Bitcoin was in the news and just because it was in the news, everybody and their brother and their grandma and their grandma's dog heard about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Now they've stopped talking about it. And that's a good thing too, right? Because that's saturation to the masses. Even from a marketing perspective, everybody knows Bitcoin. Not everyone's going to know maybe Monero or Litecoin, but you know Bitcoin, even if you think it's a scam. And again, those resistance points, the second major resistance uh, has been, in my experience, blockchain and Bitcoin. It's a scam. It's a scam. It's a scam. They keep telling me that it's not going to amount to anything. Well, by the way, it's already amounted to something because I'm sitting in a room of billionaires. I'm sitting in a room and there's people buying plots of land for $200 million outside of Reno. It's already changed the world. So we'll see where this goes. And, uh, you know, I think now's the time just to build good projects, products, get it out there, form good teams. Let's cut out the bullshit, let the scams fail. And, you know, upwards and onwards to the future. Right on. Christopher Green, what's uh, the website and the YouTube channel? Yeah, so the website is uh, AMTV. Uh, Our website's amtvmedia.com. And then, of course, my educational platform where I teach fundamentals all the way to advanced topics on blockchain tech is bitcoinrich.com. That's great. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys. Good stuff there from Christopher Green. Chris, thanks for doing the interview. And uh, feel free to take this and put it up on your uh, YouTube channel and let your listeners hear some more of the words and things that you said i didn't say much <laughs> it was pretty pathetic i mean i, I had you, i had my voice i'm telling you 
I had my voice. What was your excuse again? You know, I've had throat issues for many years since since uh, 1996 when I was working at Sprint. And um, it, it, it'll come and go. Like sometimes if I put too much strain on it multiple days in a row, then it will go. And I've I've had severe throat issues for a long time. And I'm able to maintain it for the most part. But some days, especially if I'm in Vegas or in loud places for too long, then it goes. And there you see. There you go. Let's talk a little bit about the event now that we're back. Hopefully, you guys have had an opportunity to listen to episode 202 of the show, which was a recording of Bad Crypto Live, where we did the bad news episode uh, with Charlie Lee, Maxine Ryan, Ronnie Moes, and Vinny Lingham. Something really cool happened during that episode. Yeah, that was a that was a great that was fun. And that was the same day. But after the first interview fail, I was like, all right, yeah, tell those other folks I'm not going to do an interview. And then I just went to the steam room, sat in the steam room with some eucalyptus, drank some tea, drank, pounded some honey that way because we had to do the uh, <laughs> we had to do the introduction of Ronnie Moas. So I had to get my voice up so I could do the impersonation of him. It was hilarious, by the way. So I, I introduced Ronnie um, and Travis was waiting in the wings. And when I introduced Ronnie, Travis came out from one side and Ronnie came out from the other. And Travis was wearing um, a, a bald wig, which is not really a wig. I, I don't know what you it's call it. Cap bald cap and he was wearing glasses like ronnie's and he had his shirt unbuttoned like ronnie does <laughs> and i was turned towards you while ronnie was walking out the other side so mm-hmm. i wasn't even paying attention to him uh-huh. and you came out there and cracked some jokes it was funny that was great so i wore i wore some crocs and i was like because uh, he likes to wear crocs with socks he does it all the time and i, I made a joke about that i was like if you do not believe that crocs are the most comfortable shoes in the para, in the world it is backed by science uh i will block you on twitter you bozo and then and then, <laughs> and then, and then i uh, i made a joke about dig and i was like also, uh, there's a great crypto out there called Dig. It is going to take over Bitcoin. Uh, it is way better than Bitcoin ever wanted to be. Uh, it is not a Bitcoin. And then what was funny was Ronnie had these um, these um, uh, poker chips made with his face on it, standpoint research. And so then I said, if you would like a coin, here's a Ronnie Moat coin. And then I put some of them out in the audience. And then I made a Trump joke, and then I got off stage. And Ronnie just stood there kind of just like, <laughs> he was like what is happening uh, he's a joker it was it was well played and, and he enjoyed it and uh the the bad crypto live went wonderfully and i just you know i think we need to give kudos and shout out to the world crypticon team uh they did such an amazing job this was without a doubt in my mind the finest crypto event that we have performed at hmm you know what? I think it was. I really liked it wasn't just you and I being up there, you know, being, you know, leading it all. We had brilliant minds up there. We had these other, you know, keynote speakers up there with uh, Charlie Lee and Vinny and then also Maxine Ryan who is the um, like the COO of, of Bitspark and then Ronnie. And so there was six of us up there and and we had some great conversations back and forth. And if you had a chance to listen to episode 202, you know that uh, Ronnie and Vinny have a nice little bet going on now for the price of Bitcoin by the end of next year. Yeah. But just the whole thing. I mean, it was Adam and Chris and Eric and Dominic and then their whole support team. It was just a classy 
event. I mean, it lived up to um, what an event at the Aria in Vegas should be, you know, with parties, with some of the best food, especially in our, our VIP room, um, the, a, a um, roster of guests that were high quality, not just the speakers, but the attendees, and so many of our fans that, you know, came up to us and, and uh, you know, we got to talk. And even fans approached us at the Aria that weren't even there for the conference. They were there for a bachelor party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know how many different. I think I had, I think, three or four different ladies came up to me and you at different times saying that they were the number one bad crypto fan. Like, mm-hmm. this one was like, I'm the best fan. I'm your number one. Fan. Like, three or four of them came up saying that they were the number one fan. So, I don't know. How do we determine who's the number one fan? How's that? They, Is we got uh, they can wrestle. They can wrestle. And, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I just thought it was interesting. I, thought, I mean, that was what's really cool is that, you know, I know we're going to do the event. And we're, you know, we're, we're prepared to go up on stage and, you know, and chat with all these people. But it's like, I don't feel like, you know, you or I are anything special in the space. I, I still feel like a newbie. And here we are hanging out with like Charlie Shrem and like all these, you know, Marshall Long, all these other great people that are in the space that have been done epic stuff for so long. And Charlie Lee and, you know, these really awesome, cool people. And like, I don't necessarily feel like we've done a whole lot yet, but we're in the process of doing it. But uh, it's really humbling to see the impact that we've had on people and how much they love the show and how much it means to people. So that to me, was just such a great takeaway. I felt great about it that, you know, people love what it is that we're doing and want us to keep doing it and they have fun listening to the show. So that, that was very humbling and I really appreciate it. I feel the same way as far as I'm concerned. We're just two dudes talking crypto, two dudes talking crypto, Joel and Travis are just two dudes talking crypto. Oh, yeah. Also want to give a big shout out to the bad crypto team. There were seven of us there at all. Of course, we have 13 on the whole team, but uh, Chris Pulley, our COO, Aaron Sell, our producer, Aaron, AA, our uh, audio engineer who produces the, the final product was there. Uh, Will, you know, from our team was there. A- and Mark, you know, was there from uh, our Kiwi, you know, team member from New Zealand there. And we got a chance to hang out with them. They got a chance to meet with so many of the attendees and the vendors. I mean, Travis, I didn't even have any time to hit the expo floors. None. Uh, did you? Well, the only time that we got to hit the, well, no, because you and I were together most of the time. Like yeah. they had us doing this, going over here, interviewing these people, going back over here, doing this. And any free time that we had, then, you know, our producer would have like some interview scheduled with somebody else. So like we didn't get a chance to do that, to go around to those different places. And uh, which is kind of a bummer because I love going around those expos and chatting with all the different vendors and meeting new people and hearing the cool stuff that they're working on. Didn't have that opportunity. But uh, you know what? It was great to have our team there because they were able to go out and build those relationships and connect with the right people. And uh, I had a blast. Met, met a lot of people, met a lot of folks that we've never met in person but have connected with a lot and uh you know it was fun i really enjoyed it and i look forward to the other events looks like they're going to have uh well tentatively they're going to have world CryptoCon moscow sometime in march uh they're going to have the hodl rally that's going to happen in june july there's going to be the barcelona uh, event potentially uh, along with that deal and there's going to be another one and then they're also going to have World CryptoCon 2019 in Vegas again, and it's going to be smart this time 
Whereas they have Halloween be the final thing right. instead of being the first thing, because I think that's part of the deal to sort of tweak my voice right in the beginning, because here we all are partying and in super loud environments and trying to talk. And it's just that's just hard to do. Dude, and we I forgot the very first thing we did was the poker tournament at the Poker Go Studios there by the area, the nicest you know, studio to play poker in. And Phil Helmuth, who was a World Series of Poker multi-time champion, was emceeing. And Scotty Wynn was, you know, playing alongside some of the other people. And he's a five-time World Series of Poker winner. He is showing off his bracelets. Super nice guy. And uh, I actually lasted 90 minutes in that competition. Yeah, you lasted a little bit before me. I had a couple of good hands that I ended up winning. I was I was being very patient, and then um, I I was starting to play a little more aggressive because the people at the table, you know, I had established that I'm patient. And well, then a new guy had just come to the table had not seen my patience, and I had I had not you know scouted his game out yet. And then he called me, and I had Jack Ten suited, and then he had. He had ace four suited or ace six suited. Mm. and then uh, not suited, not suited. And uh, it was just two regular ones. And then the flop came down ace uh, 10 something. But, you know, so then he has a pair of aces. I have a pair of tens, but I go all in just because I was like, <laughs> and, uh, you know, as I figured this dude doesn't have ace 10. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, but so I got a little sloppy on that one. But I think I was the 35th person kicked out of the 81-person uh, tournament, so it wasn't too bad. If I had sat there, a little, sat there a little more and watched this new guy play, then I probably wouldn't have done that because I, I watched him. He was actually kind of a table bully. He did that. Uh, table bully. I was folding like crazy. I had the worst cards and fold, 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 fold. Finally, I've got about 25% of my chips left. I get dealt a ace-five diamonds suited and uh the flop comes and two more diamonds i'm thinking all right baby flush all in and i didn't get my last diamond i got beat by a pair of threes <laughs> it was sad but it's sad so, sad hashtag sad mm, yep all right well it was a great event. Thanks again, World Crypticon team, uh, Bad Crypto team, all the attendees, guests that we've interviewed. Thanks to Chris Green for doing this interview with us. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, follow, and share Bad Crypto, gang. Uh, crypto is just getting started, and so are we. We are. I thought we were almost done. No, we're just we're almost over. Well, the episode's almost over. Oh, the episode's you, almost you have to finish it. We have to end oh. it. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, adios muchachos. No, 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 no. It's it's our way of saying adios. Dos vidanya, bitches. <laughs> no, not that one. No. It's oh, the, stay bad. Stay bad. <laughs>